12.30, we hear live on the telephone from R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Good morning, R.W. Good morning, Allison. Eighth grade was a while ago for me. Mostly I remember being in a leg cast about this time of year because I had decided to shush down a black diamond slope faster than the equipment I was on could handle. They were a pair of wood skis with screw-on metal edges. I was wearing lace-up leather boots that were held to the skis by way of cable-throw bindings. No one who I knew at the time, circa 1964, ever used those sorts of bindings, expecting them to release in the event of a fall. My days as a ski mechanic were still several years off, and I would not know until then, in the early 1970s, when I worked on the occasional cable-throw binding, that an elderly customer would bring into the shop that a cable-throw binding could be adjusted to actually release in the event of a fall. But I digress. In eighth grade, about this time of year, I was in a leg cast because I had torn a ligament in my knee while skiing with one of my father's friends. The cast was a three- or four-week affair and coincided with my mid-semester adjustment and schedule at the junior high school. Some educational coordinator had decided that North Junior High School in Aurora, Colorado, then a town of only 20,000 inhabitants, needed to have an advanced placement mathematics program and that the prototype of the program should begin in the middle of the spring semester so that whatever bugs the first attempt might have could be worked out in time for the start of the new school year in the fall. Because the coordinator decided that the prototype should be as disruptive as, as little disruptive of the selected students' existing academic schedules as possible, the new class was scheduled for 7.15 a.m. in the morning, an hour before the beginning of the regularly daily schedule. It's funny how certain things remain in your, in your recall because of combinations of irregular things. For me, having to have an extra chair to prop my casted leg up on while I attended a new advanced math class not long after the crack of dawn every morning during the school week seems to have remained indelibly imprinted upon my brain. In that special prototype of a class were only about a half dozen of us students, so we sort of became friends quickly. One of the students was a cute, blue-eyed, strawberry-blonde girl named Sharon, who would soon become one of my girlfriends, but not before she prepared to compete in the annual spelling bee that would be held nearby in downtown Denver at East High School. I sometimes forget about the tenacity that some students have in the eighth grade, which is why a story yesterday in the Maine Sunday Telegram regarding the Maine State Spelling Bee held the day before at Hannaford Hall on the University of Southern Maine's Portland campus, really stood out. This year's winner in the 42nd round of the B is Naomi Zarin, who correctly spelled the word copal, a resin used in certain varnishes and printing ink and a substance that has been burned as incensed in certain Latin American ceremonies. Last year, Naomi Zarin was the runner-up, having made it through 57 rounds, Naomi will now be headed for the National Spelling Bee in Washington, D.C. For many of us in the field of education today, students such as Naomi are an inspiration and a reassurance that the love of learning and the joy of working toward the improvement of one's knowledge is alive and well in children of middle school years. And that means that those of us in the years that come after in high school and college are obligated to do whatever we might to continue offering those students whatever necessary to further enhance that essential curiosity. For more on Omain, here's to a great day. Mm-hmm.